Welcome everyone, this is Phone Show Chat 737, taking off on the 25th of February 2023. I'm Steve Litchfield with a house full of guests actually, but um, they're all watching a film downstairs, so hopefully not too much noise. Ted Sam and I envy you sometimes, your fortress of solitude <laughs> in North Wales. Yeah, definitely. It's very quiet and peaceful and lovely. Although the site opens formally again next week, so all the holiday makers will be back. Um, our guest on this podcast, uh, last on, I think, in 2020, if I've done that right, pre-COVID, Matt Miller from, is it Seattle, Matt? Uh, yep, in the Seattle area, and I'm I'm a bachelor this week, or at least for a couple of weeks, actually, with uh, with my family all over the place. So, hey, okay, so you can sit back, <laughs> sit sit back, and watch movies with beers and pizza, all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> you have a camera. Were you watching what I was doing last night? <laughs> uh, that's what I would do if I was on my own. I'd get back to my uh, the single man days. Anyway, SteveLitchfield.com for the show notes and what things I do and links thereof tedsalmon.com for ted and matt where can people find you i noticed that palmsolo.com was looking at an old page but you've now updated everything yeah i think that's probably the easiest place because you go there and you know i'm i'm all over the place right now um I'm, i've got this uh, weird irs break thing that uh, ZDNet. so just go to palmsolo.com you can find all my social and where i'm at on substack youtube that kind of thing yeah so the bottom line is you you have been a, a solid tech writer for zdnet as i'm going to call it <laughs> um for, for a decade and a half but for, for reasons out of your control you've got to literally take a break for six months is that about right yep 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 i should be back uh, writing again first of jan first of july i should be back at cdnet so. okay and in the meantime you're experimenting with youtube i noticed yeah having some fun again it was funny you know i, I went back to uh to my youtube and looked at it and i it's been about 20 years since I actually started recording on there, but there were some funny videos back in the day. But uh, I'm trying to modernize a little bit today. So Yeah, yeah. We'll link to a few of them in the show notes. And, of course, one of them will be talking about um, comparing to <laughs> modern, quote, budget flagships. But before that, just a few bits of errata from Missionly based on previous shows, which won't make much sense to you, Matt, but do bear with us. You may have some input. Um, so more notes on that Sony audio recorder and the APK linked in last week's show notes. My Xperia 5.2 doesn't seem to have the app at all, which I, I'm sure it did. It just doesn't. It's not there. My Xperia 1 Mark IV does have it, but it doesn't run. It complains about a broken microphone or something. Um, and it's exactly what happens when you install the APK on the Neo or any other Android phone. So my conclusions, Ted, are Sony's utility just does not work on modern Android phones at all. And number two, Sony therefore needs to drop it from the Xperia 1 range or update it because it's just a broken experience. It is, and it's amazing that it's still available for people who have got an Xperia phone. Um, when I launched it on my Xperia 5 Mark IV, um, I got this kind of notice that said this was discontinued in 2019, but if you want to carry on using it, then you can, but don't expect any support kind of thing. Um, I didn't get the error about the um, missing microphone, but I, but I did get another error, which was talking about... Um, unable to um, start the recording because another app was using the microphone or something. So maybe that's similar to what you were talking about. But anyway, yes, they ought to just um, take it out of the store, really, yeah. because they've got they've, they've already got the, um, you, you know, if you've got a Sony, a modern Sony phone, you've got the Music Pro app. So I, don't, I can't really see what the advantage of having this thing is anyway. Yeah, Music Pro is, is is kind of all well and good for local recording, which is what you want it for, fair enough. But it, I, I do, don't like all these nag screens about signing up for the Pro subscription and getting this feature and that feature, a lot of which you wouldn't actually need anyway. But once you've said no to it, do the nags go away? I, in my experience, they kind of hang around. I haven't seen nags, no. Um, the, the, the the Music Pro app, um, I mean, it's, it's a bit over the top, to be honest, for most of us, yeah. but... I, I guess that this must be the kind of way they want people to use it, the applications at Sony. Um, have you, you did you do some real real world testing with that beyond the irritation with nag screens? Uh, yes, I did, and it was absolutely fine. Uh, there is a bit of a non-zero noise floor. One thing I always like when I'm, especially recording myself, just bare speech, is that I don't want hiss in the background. And I, I was getting just a bit of that with the Sony. With the iPhone, I get no hiss. With the Oh, venerable Nokia 808, I get no hiss. So those are my two go-to recording devices. Uh, Matt, if you were asked by someone to record some audio, say a 
a group or a choir or something like that using just your phone, which phone and which app would you go to immediately? Yeah, I don't do it a lot, but uh, my default has always been actually my iPhone and the voice recording app built into the iPhone, actually. Yeah, that is mono, though. One of the things I've been trying to do in this series mm-hmm. of chats on the show is to, to find a way of recording in stereo. For in other words, if it is a choir you know, panned out in front of you or, or a, a rock group or something, you want the full stereo stage. And that is really tricky. I ended up on the iPhone actually shooting video and then extracting the audio later, which is a bit of an over-the-top kludge. Yeah, LG used to do a really good job of that, but of yeah, course they're, yeah. they're no longer around. Yeah, very sad. There is an app called Dull Beyond Ted. We'll link in the show notes. It's something I've used in the past. I think it's from the, the same folks at Dolby Laboratories. And essentially they, they let you do stereo recording on the phone, but they also by default apply all of their stereo widening, compression, volume maximization, normalization, all the rest of it. A lot of which you may not want, but there is a toggle in the user interface. It's not the best, most obvious toggle. You can toggle all that off and just do a bare recording. So do experiment, gentle listener. Dolby On, we'll link in the show notes, is free on both iOS and Android. Um, it's a bit fiddly in terms of actually exporting what you've recorded as well. Tell I think you had a play with it. I could, well, I, could, I couldn't find my files. I, was, <laughs> I, I, t- I told it where to save them to, and then I went to try and find them in that location, and they just weren't there. So I've no idea where the recordings are. I never did find them. The only way that I could find them was to play them inside the Dolby On um, application, and then they play, you know, as good as gold. But to actually find the files, no chance. Which is different to what you can do with the Sony Music Pro app, of course. And I did some test recordings with that and um, threw them out to um, Aidan Bell, and and he said that it's um it, it's very good um for what it is, but it's nothing like a proper um you know a, a, um, xlr or, or or usb microphone that we use for, for podcasting um um and he you know laid that aside and it was very good but I mean, we've kind of been here before haven't we really I, i'll do i'm going to do some more testing though with trying to get a proper um xlr one of my xlr microphones into the 3.5 millimeter audio in on the sony and see how i get on and i'll do some more testing with you and, and with aiden yeah, we'll look forward to your reports and, and more <laughs> testing in the coming months and years ahead, no doubt. This is a big subject. You rem- may remember I bought this iRig HD2 to record um, keyboards and guitar and so forth into my iPhone last year. So uh, yeah. I- I'm sure I'll be ch- doing more tests on that as well. Okay. Um, Richard Masters has, uh, says, hi, Steve. For your information, I asked ShiftCam. This is, remember, remember this ShiftCam snap grip was this kind of DSLR yeah. MagSafe Clack, a clacky thing it clacks clack, onto the back of a, an iphone and makes it feel like a dslr in the in the hand and there's a shutter button and so forth i asked shift cam for another magnetic ring for the snap grip and they've quoted me eight pounds plus 15 pound shipping for america <laughs> obviously obviously for, for the mat it will be pretty free postage hopefully they'll get them into amazon uk at a lower price soon i've been wondering says richard about investing in the larger and more expensive shift cam pro grip which i have had a look at where this is no longer an issue. Um, and he's on Android, by the way, so he's looking at uh, MagSafe adapters. I th- noted, Richard, uh, although I said, as I said in the short video, see my link to my YouTube shorts in the show notes, as I said in my video, any MagSafe sticker adapter should work fine. They start at just over a tenner on Amazon UK. But yes, official adapters would, would be better because they will look right. Ted, you'll have seen these MagSafe stickers on Amazon, about 10 to £15. Pounds. I'm looking at yes, I have seen those. Yeah, but I'm looking at the Pro Grip at the moment though, and trying to work out if it's any different to the one that you've been highlighting recently. It looks like it's exactly the same, only physically bigger. Do you think that's right? Yeah, it's got. I think it's got a bigger power bank, and the main thing is it's not just just limited on the magnets to hold the the, the unit in place on the phone. I think oh, it's got yeah. clamp top and bottom, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's a much more solid arrangement. But it's also okay. bulkier, and it's also twice the price. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. Moving on, let us turn to our special guest, Mr. Matt Miller. I've say links in the show notes to everything he does. Um, it's been two or three years, as I say, since you were last on. You were the first person I knew to embrace folding phones. I mean, we met at London and Paddington Station. We had Rafe Blandford and I think, was it Dan Carter? I've along as well. I had a great chat for three or four hours. But you had the original Galaxy Z Fold now. So how would you see this part of the phone world now? Three years on from that meeting. Yeah, and, and and since that time, I've 
purchased every one of the folds. <laughs> um, and, and I'm currently using the Z Fold 4. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I've also tried the flips, but the folds for my lifestyle is better, right? I, I commute by train two plus hours a day. So it's, it's a nice tablet to have. And, you know, I'm getting older, right? I'm mid fifties. And so my eyesight's going. So having a big screen like that, yeah. uh, easily accessible is really nice. And, and, you know, Samsung's come a long ways with that outer display. I, I often, I don't know if it's, I would probably say 60, 40, 60 on the inside and 40 on the outside when I'm just using it as a phone or just to, you know, go through basic communications and things like that. I'll just stick with the outside display and not even open it up. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like I'm um, going ahead and notes slightly. Your main SIM is actually in an iPhone still, the iPhone 13 Pro Max. But th- th- I also have I have the Surface Duo 2 here as my you know phone size device that unfolds to a tablet. And I know it's a slightly different physical fold, folding system, but I use it very similarly. I have the iPhone as my main communications device, but anything that needs the extra screen real estate, I just open up the, the Surface Duo 2. And that's my mini tablet, and I've got a SIM in each one of them, and I use the two together. And it sounds like exactly how you use your two main phones and two SIMs. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of the reason that makes the, the Fold 4 useful to me nowadays is Samsung's come a long ways on their software enhancements. You know, when I showed yeah. you guys that, that original Fold, yeah, you, you might be able to do a little split screen, but it was it was pretty janky at the time, and, and it just wasn't that useful. Nowadays... It, you know, with the with a nice bar at the bottom that's really easy to just tap, single tap on the dual shortcuts. I use it all the time in split screen mode, and it's very productive for me. Um, you mentioned the Surface Duo, and, and a little bit different than the Surface Duo. You know, the Surface Duo is a great device, and I, I did have the first one for having two kind of fully separate experiences going on. I use the Fold more for a similar experience on both screens, just using two screens, but kind of the same, you know, I'm going through the same processes. It's not two separate things going on. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Presumably you don't see too many surfaces in the wild where you see a fair number of <laughs> Z folds. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've never, I, it's, which is funny. I'm in, I'm in the Seattle area where Microsoft is at, you know, and I, my main computer is a, a Surface Pro, and it always has been, and I, I still don't see very many surfaces. And I ride the train. I would think that there would yeah. be a few people riding the train with that, but uh, I never see one in the wild. How have you got on with the durability of these flexible folding screens? Any any fingernail dents yet? Oh, so I, yeah, that, since I was on, since I showed you before, I think it was my uh, Fold Three. I opened it up one day and had black down the middle it completely failed oh. and uh, that really freaked me out thankfully i had purchased you know the extended coverage because it's i'm still a bit leery especially you know right now we're going through some times where it's it's really cold out right it's freezing temperatures and i worry about uh, carrying my phone too long in those conditions because when you even today when i open my z fold 4 there, there's a sound to it right yeah, it's not a yeah. not a creaking or a cracking but it's there's a sound. There's a complaining. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, I, and I worry if I'm up, you know, if I go out and walk around for two hours in the cold with the Z Fold 4 and then I open it up, you know, I, I worry that it might have a problem. So I, I do buy the extended coverage because I did have a problem with the, with the Fold 3. And I, I know Samsung's done a lot of engineering, a lot, a lot of design work to make it better and better. And I'm still a little apprehensive about it, to be honest. And, you know, I, if I go running or exercising or biking or something with a phone, I will not take the Fold 4, you know. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that because your main SIM, though, is in an iPhone, presumably, like me, it, it's there because most of your family is an iPhone. You're just trying to stay compatible. So it's not it's not that if you had a level playing field and no family, you might even go for the Z Fold 4 as your main phone. But because you have to live in that ecosystem, you have an iOS device on the go as well. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, my wife has been an Android user forever. I mean, since the beginning, she's always been an Android user. And I, I tried a couple times in the past to get her to try an iPhone. She tried a little bit. But this was back in the day when um, Apple was using um, Intel or their own, um, you know, radio yeah. radios in there. And now with Qualcomm, she's actually not losing calls like she was before. And so many of her friends are now using iPhones. So 
after, you know, T-Mobile had a very generous trade in where I took an old Android phone. I got $800 off for the phone for her. It was essentially free. Uh, she's really embraced the iPhone. So now it is, as you mentioned, it is an ecosystem with a family kind of thing. And it's interesting, you know, now that I'm not ready for ZDNet, you know, that at this, at this current time, there's, there's a nice <laughs> large drop in income because of that. And, yeah, yeah. uh, it has given me a pause to think, okay, if I wasn't covering phones, you know, for my passion and, and a job, what would I just use as a single phone? And it is really hard to say. I, I do really enjoy the iPhone and I, I still think there's a bit of a gap in the quality of the apps and things, but man, every time I grab my Z Fold 4 and open up that yeah. screen, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's the one, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that may be the one in terms of functionality. And I, I love my Duo Every time I open the Duo exactly the same. And so I'm sure Ted's the same with his original Surface Duo. You open it and you think, wow, I'm so in, I'm enjoying. I'm quite literally yeah. tingling with excitement, enjoyment at using this device. Whereas you pick up a slab, including the iPhone, and you think, ho-hum, it's a slab. But at the same time, the the slabs are more durable and more reliable Long term, um, the, the 14 Pro Max you didn't upgrade to from the 13 Pro Max. I'm guessing it's just not enough of an upgrade, but maybe the 15 Pro Max with Type C might tempt you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I just didn't see enough in the in the 14 yeah. from what I'm having. I, it's very satisfied with the camera and everything in there. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, def- definitely USB C would be <laughs> would be nice to have one charging solution for everything for sure. Absolutely, every single time I buy an- another lightning adapter or lightning <laughs> cable for the family, I think at some point this has got to stop because we're going to have to convert all of this to Type C over the next three or four years. So That's right. there'll be a lot of lightning cables uh, unused in my drawers. You did a YouTube video a few just a few days ago comparing the OnePlus Eleven with the Google Pixel Seven Pro on the premise that they're both significantly cheaper than the the, the you know the top of the line main brand flagships from samsung and apple how, how did you get on and how would you compare those two one plus 11 um and google pixel 7 pro yeah i was a bit surprised actually um you know google had sent me a, a pixel 7 pro i think i guess it was september october whenever it was released um one plus sent the one plus 11 and i thought yeah, I'll check out the OnePlus. I, I've always liked OnePlus devices, but I've never fully embraced them as a daily driver. Um, and then, you know, looking at the prices, <clears throat> it's about a $50 difference between the two. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, pricing isn't really an issue. Um, but I'm sure I'd pick the Pixel 7 Pro. I mean, the camera is crazy and impressive and everything else. But when you actually start using the OnePlus 11, you know, OnePlus did some right things this year, right? They brought back the alert slider. Um, the cameras are, are very good. Um, and if you just look at the spec sheet, OnePlus is, 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 is better in the spec sheet, but it's more than that. I mean, holding the device, it's a couple millimeters, about two and a half millimeters narrower. So just the in-hand feels a bit better. Yeah. Um, the battery life is insane. It's very, very good on the uh, OnePlus 11. I've been very unimpressed with the Pixel 7 Pro battery and it takes forever to charge that Pixel 7 Pro. And boy, then you compare that to an 80-watt supercharger that we have in the U.S. You can get the OnePlus, you know, uh, half an hour gives you most of the way. One, less than an hour gives you a full charge from, from dead. Does the OnePlus have the wireless charging as well? I think it does, doesn't it? It, it does not. It does not. That's, ah, that is, right. You know, okay. you know, your, yeah. that, okay. That's one compromise that they made was in the wireless charging. Ah. But... But the battery life is, I mean, I'm getting, I'm a heavy phone user, you know, with my commute and, and just testing and stuff, but I'm getting more than a day out of the OnePlus 11 without worries. So then, yeah. you know, you top it off with a fast wired charging. I don't miss wireless charging that much because I don't need to be watching the battery all the time. Whereas the 7 Pro, I do need to watch the battery all the time. And when I, when I list out everything that's, that's different between the two, it comes down to, I'm like, you know what, if I just had to buy one, I would buy the OnePlus 11. I, I get that the camera on the Pixel is fantastic, right? Google knows what they're doing with the, with their software on the cameras and things like that. But I, I posted on Flickr, you know, the full resolution of a bunch of pictures I took with those two phones and the iPhone 13 Pro Max. And there's not a lot of differences. You know, there, yeah, there's, yeah. A few, there's a few cases where I actually like what OnePlus is doing a little bit better with their cameras, you know, so... 
Yeah, I, I was I was surprised that at the end I leaned towards the OnePlus rather than the Pixel 7 Pro. How did you rate the updates? Because, of course, the big thing with the Pixels, as you get, is it up to five years of updates now? What a OnePlus promise for this uh, 11 series? The Both of them are five years of security updates. Okay. Um, but I think in the U.S. that uh, Google actually promised three updates, whereas OnePlus offered four major Android updates. I think there's a little bit of an advantage there. And if that's not super clear, I'm not quite sure. Maybe Google is the same as them. But it sounds like you buy the OnePlus, you, you can rest assured it's going to last you longer than you'll probably keep the, keep the phone. Yeah, we live in a strange new world where even Chinese <laughs> manufacturers are actually promising a, a, a decent number of years of updates. Ted, this is unheard of. Yeah, only for the flagships, mind you. (laughs) That's your lot. And, you know, OnePlus, um, along with the rest of the BBK group, have have done this. You know, Oppo have done it with their Fine series. They've said that they're offering really good long support um, packages, and they're just trying to to keep up and match what Google are doing um, and, in turn, what Apple are doing and all the rest of it. The OnePlus um, Qi charging, um, the when they released it, OnePlus said that no one needs Qi charging, no one needs wireless charging because the the the, the wired charging is so fast. And I found this map with the Motorola devices just recently. I've been whamming about, and it, it, it's a compelling argument. I've always been in Steve's yeah. camp where um, you know Qi charging is is the best thing, and it, it's great to have, and I make good use of it. But actually, when you've got something that charges in, you know, twenty five minutes from from start to finish, it it kind of changes your outlook a bit, doesn't it? That's a great point, you know, Ted. That that it it's it changed my opinion because I was with Steve. I mean, I have wireless chargers in every room of my house and in oh. the office, <laughs> and, and 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 it's it's a convenience. I just I get into that space. I just throw my phone down and don't think about it. But the OnePlus 11 lasts so long, I never think about it anyway. And then, like you said, give me 10, 15 minutes, I'll go the rest of the day. You know, yeah, so it, yeah. it is changing a bit of the way I think about about Qi charging. But. Mm-hmm. I wonder which will win out eventually. I guess it depends on what Apple do in terms of a, a portless iPhone relying solely on Qi charging. That might be the, the tipping point where we actually the world wakes up to Qi. At the moment, Matt, I suspect that most regular users, if I look around my extended family, no one, literally no one, uses the wireless charging in the phones that already have it. What about you and your extended family? <laughs> That's funny you say that. I, I've, As I mentioned, I have enough chi chargers for the whole house yeah, and yeah. i put them in everybody's rooms <laughs> I, had, I had to convince them that they could just set the phone down and and charge that way they, they they're like no no and they and even though they have that capability they still yeah. all plug in and charge and yeah I, I did see that rumor of a future iphone with maybe no ports um like you mentioned though i i think that's a ways off because most users are still looking for that cable to plug in you know. Yeah, yeah. And before we move to Ted, just to briefly mention, you've been spending a lot of time with wearables. We won't go into detail here. Maybe you can mention which is your favorite. But I guess on your YouTube channel, you're going to be featuring the, the aforementioned uh, Apple Watch Ultra, Garmin Enduro 2, Coros Apex Pro 2, and Whoop 4. Have I met, pronounced those all right? <laughs> which, which are your favorites? Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I, uh, I like the Garmin's just because they're cross-platform, right? doesn't matter if I'm using an Android phone or an iPhone or whatever. Um, and, and that's my go-to. It, it, the funny thing is it's a very, very good uh, fitness watch, but one of the most compelling features that I use on it is the flashlight. It's got an incredible integrated LED flashlight that okay. is more, brighter than my phones. And it, when I'm wearing that watch, I use that flashlight for something every single day. I mean, it's amazing how many things I need to find something, you know, I'm, I'm fixing something and I need a little bit of a light um, at night when I need to go to the bathroom or something, I'll turn on the red light. I mean, I use the flashlight on that thing all the time. <laughs> and if, if one of these other folks, you know, Coros or Apple or somebody would add a flashlight, I'd probably use that too, you know, and, and Apple does have uh, a flashlight app that turns the screen white but that's still nothing compared to a full-on led light you know yeah yeah (laughs) i I use the like you i use the flashlight feature of my phone 
at least once a day. And just a, a small tip for people out there who may not be aware of it. Um, the On the iPhones, the LED flash has three or four different brightness levels, and it remembers which one you want. So if you think, well, it, the, the flashlight from my iPhone isn't very bright, if you long press on the appropriate control, it brings up a, a meter and you can select how bright you want the flash to be. Do, do you know what I mean, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Really, and that's really the same cool. thing with this watch. This watch does that same thing. Yeah. There's different levels of brightness, and I love that it remembers, you know, your yeah. common common use. My, my Nokia does that as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, XR20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also the Samsung devices do that, of course. Right. So that is kind of rolling out a bit, but more more broadly. I think the Whoop 4 has to win the, the contest, though, just because of the name, Matt. <laughs> well, the funny thing about the Whoop is, you know, I uh, I like sleep tracking, I, and I don't know why I do it. It's not like my sleep changes that much, but I'm a data guy, and I just like seeing the data. And the Whoop lets me track that unobtrusively, right? Some of these watches, that Enduro 2, if I wear that to bed, I mean, I'll knock my wife out if I roll over. So um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's about a one-pound watch, and she doesn't need that in the side of the head. So the Whoop is a nice, unobtrusive way to to track the details of my sleep patterns and my fitness and naps. Oh, nice. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. You got three or four months worth of YouTube content coming up on all of those, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also the, the you've written the show notes. You, uh, last year was the year of the e-bike. So is the e-bike experiment over or is there uh, more, more e-bike stuff coming on the channel? <laughs> there's more coming um yeah. it's funny a lot you know I, i've been riding e-bikes as part of my commute for i think five years now yeah, and yeah. I, I live on the top of the hill and an e-bike is really nice and uh they've kind of evolved over the years i was i was primarily for the first couple of years looking as a commute alternative um last year i spent i must have reviewed 10 of them but uh, i was doing a little bit of trail riding um, and then experimenting with foldable e-bikes that, you know, for apartments and for people that want to put a bike in a trunk and drive somewhere and ride a bike. Um, this year looks like it's starting off as the, um, as the cargo e-bike. So, um, a car replacement, right? They're, they're outfitting these e-bikes <laughs> now with racks and seats for passengers and, wow. uh, grocery holding areas and locks and all this stuff. So I, yeah. I'm interested because I have, uh, grocery stores and things within a mile and I'm like, hmm, let me just see if this can be a car replacement. Yeah, you know? T- Ted, maybe when your moped packs up an e-bike would suit you because it, it certainly takes the strain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I have looked at that recently actually when when in the winter my, my moped wouldn't start. Um, I, I looked very seriously at e-bikes and um, ways of doing it with because, because it's a device you can take in the house then as well which is mm-hmm going to keep it warm and um in the cold weather it's not a big issue yeah yeah of course you can't charge lithium-ion batteries when it's sub-zero so yeah you couldn't leave the e-bike outside and you know run no. a cable through the window you'd actually have to physically yeah. charge the battery from it at least in indoors yeah yeah I, i'd be quite happy to take the whole bike inside though yeah <laughs> stop it getting nicked yeah yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> matt do chip in as we go through the show i want to move to ted and what he's been up to and thinking about this week wherever you want to go ted and matt just say just interrupt if you want yeah, I, I think I want to step back to what was Matt was saying really about Samsung. And, you know, um, the, the, the thing is that as much as I try, I, I started the week off wowing about the Sony Xperia 5 Mark IV and, um, because it was new and back in my hand. But actually, I've ended up the week back with Samsung again. And I, I, I never thought I would kind of get to this point of using the Samsung so much, but it's so compelling as an argument. I know that you'll probably argue that it's a kind of walled garden environment and all the rest of it, but it's, it's quite, I, I like to think of it as a walled garden with a gate. <laughs> which <laughs> because, of, yeah. Which of your Samsung's by the way, Ted, cause you've got two, you've sorry, got the yeah, flip the, and the, um, the large one. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking uh, the flip. Um, I, I kind of think, I think more of as a kind of plaything really. Okay. The, right. the, the, the S 21 ultra is the one that I'm talking yeah. about and okay. that's what I'm using. And I've been testing it this week um, with, Dex particularly, um, mm. I, I don't know, Matt, what you if you played with Dex a lot, but one of the, the differences between the fold and the flip is that the flip doesn't come with Dex capability, and that's really annoying. I found um, this week I've been using Dex with the Next Stop Touch, 
um, my PC, my, my, my computer, my, my Samsung um, Galaxy tablet, and it, everything just plays together so nicely. And it's so, there's so much depth of what's going on there. Have, have you had a play with that? Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. Um, once you use Dex on a platform and understand how powerful it is, I mean, you know, we all use our phones extensively. You, you, I could seriously use my Samsung phones as my main computer for probably 90% of what I do. And mm-hmm. Dex really extends that. And I, I have tried a lot of the Nextdoc solutions. I think there's a new one out there. I haven't tried yet wireless or something, but, um, the Dex feature, I'm amazed that the flip doesn't have it. it does, it's not like it requires that many resources to run. And I don't understand why they would skip that on the flip, but, uh, they reckon it's really, because of, they reckon it was because of battery. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the battery on the flip is absolutely appalling. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a fair argument, I suppose. <laughs> although, although, if you have a wired Dex, though, I mean, maybe they didn't have the chippery in the Flip 3 or the Flip range to handle that. But the whole point of wired Dex use is that the, the dock is charging the phone while you're connected. So it's a net gain yeah. for battery. Yeah, yeah. It, was, um, it was also to do with the fact that it was um, not USB 3 that they'd stuck uh, on the, the thing. Yeah. It, it was a complicated issue, I think. But, yeah, I mean, it, I, I've also got the Motorola Edge 30 Ultra. Now, I know that's not been released in um, America in, in the quite the same format, uh, Matt, but the the Edge 30 Ultra we found in our PR unit, which Motorola UK have sent over, it's really horribly buggy. I want to use mm. Red, Ready 4 because I think Ready 4 has got a huge amount of potential. And in some ways, it's better than Dex. Um, but but this phone is so buggy, I can't bring myself to use it. Hopefully, going forward, they will iron out some of those bugs. Um, so I don't know if you've, yeah, same question, really, if you've had a chance to play with ready for with any devices no i haven't used that at all i i've i thought android i can't remember what it's called but they had some built-in desktop mode and it it does yeah. work on the oneplus devices um but the, the it's one, much the, more basic than yeah the, B, the, B, sure. the bbk um thingy which is called pc connect or something um that they're playing with i first discovered that with an oppo device um <clears> and yeah they, they've rolled it out now a bit more broadly to one plus devices and more i think i think you can actually install it and use it with with a quite a wide variety of devices but it's really basic you get a right. on, on your screen you get a, a portrait um picture of your phone and you can get multiple windows going it, it, it's better than it certainly was when they first started it but it's nothing like ready for and it's nothing like deck certainly um it's better than i think um what motorola sorry uh, microsoft have done with the uh the, the phone link stuff but it, it's it's not quite there anyway um if you get a chance, Matt, do you have a look at Ready for? Because it's a really good um, alternative to Dex, I think. If you've got an, a non-buggy device to play with, and some of the things it does really well, it gives you a really big, uh, big bold front end for television use, for example. Um, mm. On the on the computer, it's you know that they're kind of on a par almost. But the but on the television, I think that they're ahead with that. Um, it's it's just great fun, and it's a compelling argument. And Samsung this week, I've just found, are, are unbeatable in the Android world. And that you, now that they're starting to work with Google um, closely and with Microsoft to some degree, um, it, it, you know, the, the way forward I think is just all Samsung. Yeah, um, I'll try that. Ready for? I appreciate that, Ted. The one thing you just mentioned and briefly there was Phone Link, and I have to say. Um, they've done some updates recently, and boy, when I have my Z Fold 4 at work, Phone Link is really nice to have. I, I've been impressed. I haven't used it for a few years, but um, I, I'm very happy with the Phone Link connectivity and the ability to, you know, act as if you had a Mac computer and an iPhone kind of experience and stuff like that. It's, it's very seamless. Kind of, kind of, but you don't get a lot of the pass-through stuff. I mean, the one that I come back to always is audio. You don't get pass-through audio, which mm-hmm. is really annoying. Um, and yes, with Samsung and Microsoft uh, Duo phones, you do get this special arrangement with Microsoft, whereby you get access to all your apps on the screen. Um, right. If you're using any other phone, you don't get that. Um, so yes, they are trying, I think, and it works really nicely, but it's nothing like the Dex experience and nothing like the Ready 4 experience. 
Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Dex and Ready Four and Continuum and whatever the Huawei one was called, or was it Easy Projection or something? Um, that they are a different beast to PhoneLink. PhoneLink and the the Windows utilities that try and handle select data from the phone and present it on the desktop is different to the phone literally taking over a workspace as its own desktop. So, but I, I appreciate there is overlap and there is confusion, but just say they they are very different things. And I agree that PhoneLink, Matt, um, what Microsoft have been just been updating it month after month and it, yeah, it's really impressive when i hook up the uh, surface go ted your old surface go i hooked that up one of my android phones especially the duo 2 it's just it's, it is it is almost seamless as you say it, it's it is 99 percent of the way to using an iphone with a mac mm-hmm. yeah interesting stuff um the, 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 i think the device you were referring to just now matt is called the next pad um and i have actually asked um next.pr for a loan of that um, but I haven't heard back from them yet. And this is a, a, a slightly different kind of next dock because it hasn't got a battery in it and it hasn't got a keyboard and it hasn't got a mouse pad. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's basically a screen. But, it, but I, I'm still quite interested in it because you can use it for all sorts of applications, um, including gaming, for example, and get a, 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 a device hooked up to it in that way. And, and, and I, I think it looks quite interesting. I think that's what you're referring to, wasn't I, it? I think there is a NextDoc Wireless, Ted, which is the one that Matt was looking at. But the NextPad we haven't covered before. It is new to us. And I'll put, we'll, put okay. links, we'll put links in the show notes and people can follow their nose. But they are... Yeah, two different products. It, 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 I looked at the NextPad when it first came out, Ted, and I thought, hang on a minute, it hasn't got half the things that the, the Next Dock has got. Why on earth would anyone want it? But here you are wanting it, so maybe I need to reinvestigate. <laughs> I, I just, I think it's a different mindset. You, you, you use it as a utility screen, and it's a second screen, and yeah. not. It, it, it's not a thing you take particularly in your car with you. You you used you, you know you showed yourself using the next dock in the car and yeah. it was you know but that that's not what this is about. It's different. Um, but anyway, could, we'll see if we'll see if there's anyone in. Couldn't you use just a another um, portable screen because there are lots of portable screens on Amazon where you just hook things up via presumably HDMI or mini HDMI. Would that does that not work in the same way? Yeah, I guess so. Um, it just depends. This is, it's got a nice um, stand on it, for example. It's got a, a, a magnetic pad on the front, which you can attach your phone to. I'm not quite sure how that works, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get it in. Yeah. Um, okay. So on the on the bottom half of it, it, it actually looks a bit like an iMac um, because the, the, the whole kind of bottom 20% of it, 25% of it, is this kind of pad where you yeah. attach your, your device to. Um, I just think it looks quite interesting. And I know it's got shortcomings. Not having a battery is a big one, but they reckon that it's been um, optimised really well so that the, um, the the phone's battery kind of plays with it nicely and doesn't kind of drain it all away. Yeah, we have uh, asked NextDocPR for a loan, so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not buying it, Ted. I'm, I know it's, <laughs> it's tempting for you, but this is not a product that I personally think was no, convinced no, no. by so and it's not cheap it's like 275 yeah. quid i think absolutely yeah, yeah 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 um anything more you want to say ted about your week-to-week uh, experiences no no not really not this week it's just I'm, I'm just waiting for this update to the um edge 30 ultra which is really yeah. annoying not coming not even a security update the the edge 30 neo is ahead of it <laughs> yeah 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 if you look at the show notes, guys, um, I, I did a retro review. This is an accessory from eight years ago, believe it or not. This is the Microsoft Universal Keyboard, which I still haven't found any portable Bluetooth keyboard mat. If you look in the show notes in section four, you'll see my photograph um, of it opened and closed with the Surface Duo 2. It's just a, a beautiful accessory that works so well, especially with this, the folding phones, and the, certainly in my case, the Duo 2. Um and there's so little to break, and it's so relatively rugged and relatively waterproof, and the keys are more or less full size. Did you ever see the Universal Keyboard? Does that look tempting to you? Yeah, I used to use, uh, you may remember this name, the Stowaway Bluetooth yeah, Keyboards. Yeah, yeah, back yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I, I actually, you know, I, as I was using the, the Z Fold 4 more and more on my commute, I'm like, okay, I, I should probably write some content and, you know, tapping <laughs> yeah, away on the keyboard yeah. isn't that good. I did find a, I don't know if you've seen it, it's a Targus uh, Bluetooth folding keyboard that's actually kind of angled, like ergonomic. Yeah, Um, how do the two parts link together? Do they link together seamlessly with a sort of mesh in with gears and and, and levers? Or the the Microsoft one here is 
hinged in fabric, but you do get this gap down the middle. So it's a different it's approach. It's the same. It's the same as that. That, okay. that. That's one of the. That's one of the. That's one of the cons as far as you know the way it, the uh, mechanism yeah. works. Yeah. But it is. It is very very light, and it's a, a pretty large keyboard, and I've been very happy with it. Um, you know, for my Bluetooth solution. But. Yeah, I know Bluetooth keyboards are geeky, but I and I love getting them, like Ted and Bluetooth speakers. I love getting them. I love playing with them. In real life, when I'm on a train journey to somewhere, and it's a three-hour train journey, what I actually end up doing is thinking about getting the keyboard out, but not <coughs> plugging in headphones, and I listen to music or podcasts, or I watch some Netflix, and it's just so much easier and more enjoyable. But if I wanted to work on that train, I could do. And in your case, you are, you are genuinely commuting, and you are genuinely working. Yeah, and I, you know, we all have that novel in our head, and someday we'll, yeah. uh, we'll actually open <laughs> yeah. up that keyboard and write it, write it out, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll link in the show notes <laughs> to my review of that anyway. I've been playing around with the G-Cam port on the Surface Duo 2 because I, I, I thought that this camera may be uh, capable of more, and I'll put the link to my um, pr- uh, standard camera versus G-Cam photographs in the show notes. And the conclusion was that, uh, no surprise really, G-Cam ports are great fun to play with, but you have to suffer UI irregularities and less than complete multi-camera support, fiddly installation, all to get slightly better low light shots. So it's it's absolutely worth it if you enjoy fiddling, which is effectively what I do. And I ended up with keeping one called LMC. So if you go looking for Gcam variants for a surface, um, maybe Ted, you can have a look at the LMC one I linked to because it does work reasonably well. The, the interface isn't perfect, but you will be able to take surprisingly good shots on that original Surface Duo. If one wants to be taking photographs on a Surface <laughs> Duo device, which is highly unlikely. <laughs> yeah, although the Duo, I say, because of the form factor, just work work better because you can actually see what you're taking with the phone folded rather than the Duo 2 waving it around like an iPad. Argue, arguably. You can also yeah. argue that it's quite good for a... Um, for, for taking selfies or self video <laughs> because you you can yeah. sit it up on you can sit it up facing you yeah 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 um one quick thing on the always on display implementation in iOS 16.3 i put a photograph in the show notes guys on showing it on the 14 pro max i think apple took their sweet time implementing always on display 15 years behind nokia <laughs> we were we guest on a previous show didn't we um who was saying he was working on the always on display on the nokia s60 phones back in was it 2008 um so 15 years behind nokia um apple come out and they they kind of overdid it at launch with the faded wallpaper thing but i reckon it's now just about perfect better even than the on the pixels i don't think you get this on the 13 series though do you matt no i don't have that capability yeah does that does that make is that one nudge towards a 14 or 15 series for you having aod it crossed my mind when I was thinking about it because <laughs> <laughs> I have it on all my Androids, right? Yeah, so. yeah, that, yeah, that's why I like it so much now. <laughs> uh, what you get on the current always-on display implementation, Ted, as you can see partly in the photo, you get the date, the time in huge digits, which is great for my older eyes at night time. You get the weather in graphic and text form, high and low temperatures. You get upcoming events. In my case, we've got the calendar widget there. Um, both widgets are updated in real time on the always-on display. I think it's something like once a minute they get updated, so you don't need to tap them to update them or make them live in any kind of way. The always-on display is the lock screen complete with live wallpaper, if you want it to be, or yes, you can just do what I did. You just dial it all back to Android-like, pixel-like, info on black, and I think that works really well. And it's very customizable, Ted. I know you may not have played with this on your slightly older iPhone, but you can have multiple always-on displays each with their own widget sets and wallpapers and focus settings. You just swipe between them uh, as needed. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going off of always on displays. I prefer Motorola's peak. But no, seriously, yeah. the, the, the Samsung um, implementation of always on displays is yeah. excellent. And yeah. it'll, be quite, it'll be quite interesting for you to do a comparison of the two because you've got a yeah. um, a Samsung there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you could actually do a piece on that. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, every single commentator on this, uh, and I would agree with them, says that Apple have done a great job, always on display, but Samsung still wins because it's so customizable. You can change yeah. almost everything to do with the Samsung yeah. always on display. And yeah. also on the lock screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> funny because, uh, you know, my... A couple of my daughters upgraded to the iPhone 14 Pro, and they, they were amazed by always on display <laughs> because they've used iPhones forever and have never seen it before. And I'm wow. like, oh, boy, you, don't you girls pay attention to anything that I write? 
We've been doing this for years, decades. <laughs> I think the answer is no. But, <laughs> your daughter, fam, your family ne- will never pay attention to anything I write either. It's just normal. Yeah, yeah. But they do love it. They really find a lot of value in having that. And it's nice to see, you know, finally come across the, the iPhone as well. So something yeah. we've been enjoying forever. Yeah. Having said it's perfect, Ted, it's still limited to just two widgets, uh, weather and calendar for me. I'd like to see yeah. a block of four and I'd like to see more widgets and perhaps the Find My System, which I do use a lot, showing the family's whereabouts updated once a minute on the always on display. That would be fabulous. Or the latest latest financial markets or my current health stats, the number of steps in the day. There's loads of widgets they could add. Um, Matt, you'd agree with some of those at least? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, if the, that, that's one reason that our family uses it is that Find My to be able to coordinate meetups yeah. and things like that. So pretty important yeah. but yeah something like four would be i, I, I agree two is just pretty limiting uh, tell me steve are they letting developers have access to this like they did with home screen widgets eventually yeah. um and if so um apple wouldn't need to do much to get this opened up would they just monitor and pass through what the de- developers are doing um checking that they're playing by the rules of course at the moment it just seems horribly locked down with you know what we've just said about only two things and yeah. a set set size of this and blah blah blah. Yeah, it, it is all still quite minimal in typical Apple fashion. They're not going fast at this. Uh, there are third party widgets for installed apps though, so that that I, I had the option of using them, including Google with Gmail, for example. But that having only two slots is just so limiting. Uh, yeah. and none of my third parties have made it onto that uh, home screen. I did make a lock screen just for, just to demonstrate it for you with Gmail and Overcast podcast, and they work fine. So the developers yeah. can do it, but Apple need to open it all up so that more information shows through. But uh, Do you think um, that's very likely? Uh, I don't know. This is Apple we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on, I, a, a device you loved a bit, it's the Edge 30 Neo. I had, did put up my video review mm. YouTube short, um, so do go and watch that. We'll link to that in the show notes. And as you say, yeah, uh, the speakers are just phenomenal. One interesting f- fact is that the Neo needs pushing to almost 100% on the volume slider for the base and power of those speakers to shine. If you just yeah. turn it at 75%, like every other phone I've got, they just, well, average. But you push it to 100, which on most phone speakers starts distortion. On the Neo, it comes alive. Yeah, yeah. I, I was testing that this week, and um, it, you're quite right. It, 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 75 80%, and you think there's nothing special going on here. Yeah. Then push it up, and away it goes. And uh, overtakes even the Sony device at that point, yeah, yeah. Um, as we were saying a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and even though I was saying it's it's dropped into the shadows by the magnificent iPhone 14 Pro Max, I was doing more tests this week. It's not far behind, you know. When it's on 100% and the iPhone's on, say, 85%, because beyond that, it would start to distort. iPhone 85, 14 Pro Max, 85% volume. Edge 13 Neo, 100% volume. They're not that different, which is a real compliment to the Motorola device, which is still yeah. under £300. Yeah, and, and and this is another bug and, and annoyance with the Ultra, because the, the Edge 30 Ultra, I'm sure that it's got the same component, but I had to uninstall um, one of my music apps this week because it was just being distorted by the phone. I, re- I reinstalled it, and it worked fine again. I turned the phone off and turned it back on again. It's just a buggy device. I think that once the Ultra is working, we'll have the same um, performance from the speakers as we do for the Edge 30 Neo. Yeah, the uh, 68 watt Type C power delivery mains charger in the box. Yay! Note Apple, note Samsung, note or other all flagships <laughs> in the box. It's a very nice touch. Android 12 right now, January 23 security. 13 is expected. 14 is possible. And when I reckon the security will take it through to autumn 2025, Ted, which is will be a two and a half year lifetime, which is not bad at under £300. My fear is that it won't get 14 and it'll get 13 a year after Google released it, because that's what Motorola do. And it's a real shame. And this one hasn't got any um, guarantees from Motorola for updates, unlike the Ultra, which has um, great shame. Yeah, the uh, I did a camera review also in a YouTube short. So again, see the link to my YouTube shorts channel. Um, first imaging impressions, focus times are slow. Focus is unreliable quite often. Zoom is non-existent, of course, into that 64 megapixel camera. They just digitally zoom the 16 megapixel binned output. The macro mode is excellent, as you said. Oh. The video stabilization is complete rubbish, doesn't use the OS, and digital stabilization is poor. But you can't ask too much in terms of imaging at under £300, to be fair. As we've noted a number of times, and I'm sure Matt would agree, 
if you if imaging is important to you, you've really got to spend the money. You've got to go up to the eight hundred dollar, eight hundred pound, one thousand dollar, one thousand pound mark to get the quality optics and the quality sensors and the quality zoom. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So you can't ask much at three hundred pound. But for everyday snaps, Ted, of landscapes, food, outdoor shots of people, they're just fine. It'd be churlish to complain too much. I did have a, a, a bogus app. I, I, it just appeared on the Neo. It's called Call App Contacts. That's, call App is one word, and then contacts. And its use case demands access to all my contacts and phone calls. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that, developers. I don't, did, did you see that on any of your Motorola devices? No, I checked, and it's not on my Neo. It's not on the Ultra. Um, it, it's just not anywhere to be seen. So I don't know. Are you sure that this wasn't installed with some, um, I don't know, some some app you put on, or so, or perhaps the, uh, a SIM card carrier thing? I think it probably came along with another third party app. So I did install some apps, and mm. I think one of them brought this along for the ride. But I'm a bit dismayed. Data points welcome, listeners. If you've if you've seen this app, call app contacts on your phone. How did it arrive there? Because um, I'd be very, very curious. I, of course, I uninstalled it and it hasn't reappeared, but uh, might mm. have to remain a tech mystery. And I did try various GCAM ports in the NeoTed to try and fill, fix some of the holes in the stock app. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think I got decent results. So I'll try and put them up to a video soon. Certainly worth having GCAM on the Neo just as it was on the Duo 2. Good. And Any, uh, anything from Moto PR on the, on the Think phone? <laughs> I did notice one publication, I think it was GSM Arena, managed to get an early sample. Yeah. And even they were only giving first impressions. So there aren't many Think phones out there, no. but we are in the queue and I will chase that for you. Hurrah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, let us move on. Um, PSE Photos. Ted, what have you got for us? Featured photo or what? Yeah, I, this is a, a photograph um, which... Uh, it's not a work of art by any description in, in any way, but it's a it's a photograph that shows what you can do with a ten times zoom, particularly on a Samsung um, phone at the moment or any phone, I suppose, that's got a ten times zoom. Somebody, um, Ian Chappell, it was, has been to watch the rugby, and he's he's stood up in the stand or sat in the stand, and he's zoomed in um, with a, 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 a on the action of the, in the rugby match, um, and it's just amazing. I'm, I'm not saying that the uh, the picture would stand up to your pixel peeping, Steve. But yeah, it, yeah, you know that previously you would need an SLR with a bulky body and a loom. Uh, uh, sorry, a long zoom lens. Yeah, yeah. To to get all this, but this is a phone. This is a phone in your pocket. And you know, sometimes I I kind of think cameras in phones are, are kind of a bit dull and boring and uh, pointless. But actually, when you see something like this, you think, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that photograph. And for the most part people that are going to put the what what people are going to put these to use for like social media and sharing with friends not making into posters it's absolutely great isn't it i'm really impressed with that i've discovered the key to your heart ted if we introduce the subject of rugby or maybe snooker and then all of a sudden you, you start waxing <laughs> lyrical about things <laughs> yes. uh, uh, yeah i i agree with you ted i think you know i, I have a regular camera and uh, yeah that that definitely does a lot better but the the cameras that do it well with the zoom can capture things that, you know, you probably couldn't see the details of that player's face just by visually looking at it without the camera. I mean, there's some things that you can capture that, yeah, you know, you get into, you know, like you mentioned, Steve's pixel peeping. Yeah, it's going to fall apart. But yeah. capturing some of these some of these pieces of action or, uh, you know, when I took a, a pixel to the zoo, capturing things in the zoo that I couldn't see. That is helpful in some regards. You know, there is some use cases for for these advanced zoom capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. And most people, as I say, will, will just be putting them on social media or sharing them amongst their family and friends. And right. you don't you don't need to go pixel peeping on that. No one's going to want to make it a poster out of it. It's just an everyday, really, really useful for feature. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I know I wrote a, a an art blog post called Zoom Heresy, which we'll link to in the show notes for a bit of laugh. Um, saying that Zoom wasn't really needed beyond about three times in phones. But that's kind of for regular shots and day-to-day -day people and and landscapes. But I, I did. there was a caveat there that uh, um, bird watching, squirrel watching, and yes, I agree, here's actions, live sports in front of you. They're very, very valid use cases, and it's got me rethinking my, my philosophy here, Ted. Fully acknowledged, and it's a nice action shot too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I'd like to take 20% off the right-hand side, but that's another matter. We get, <laughs> we get, we get into art then. <laughs> yes, yes. Also on our wonderful MeWe groups, uh, PSC Classified, Ted, what have you got for us? Well, the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra <laughs> 5G um, Snapdragon version, 256, 12 gigabytes, uh, £410. There's a, a Z Fold 4, topically, in grey-green, 256 gigabyte, 850 quid, new condition. There's an Xperia 1 Mark 4 in purple, 500 quid. There's a reduced price on my old um, Xperia 5 Mark 2 um, with cases, 180 quid. And then we've got three One Pluses again, topically. There's the 11 that we were talking about earlier in green, 256, 16 gigs of RAM, believe it or not, 600 pounds. There's a One Plus 8 Pro going a bit older, 256, 12 is 210. And lastly, there's a 7 Pro going even, even older, 200 quid. Um, that comes with a new battery and will be a nice little bargain for someone, I think. Um, Matt, um, someone else's money, what do you fancy there? Wow, that OnePlus 11, that newer one, is a great buy. And mm. I have to I have to say that 7 Pro, that was one of the best OnePlus devices they have. And it's a nice, I love that color too. So that's a nice mm. device for 200 <laughs> Although those older OnePluses are indeed bargains, they would be out of support. And I presume Matt yes. the 8 Pro will be not getting yeah. any more updates. Yeah. Um, yep. I guess my bargain there would have to be that Z Fold 4, Ted. I mean, £850 for a new condition with accessory cases. Z Fold 4, which is still very much Samsung's folding flagship. I think that would be a cracking buy if you wanted to go down the fold route. And every single time I find myself looking at a flip or a fold of some kind, I just cannot bring myself to push the buy button. Um, mm. you te- which, what, what about you, Ted? Which would be your pick? I think I would go um, with Matt. The, the OnePlus 11, it looks really interesting, even though it hasn't got Qi charging. 600 quid shaves off about 150 quid. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so that's that's a good kind of little bargain, I think that, and it's um as new. So I really fancy that. As for the folding and flipping devices, yes, you're right, Steve. It, it's it's a bit of a novelty for me, um, still I think. And you, I'm I'm happy to send my flip over to so you can scratch the itch, <laughs> scratch your itch, and then be be put it behind you again well i don't want to scratch the scratch the phone i'll scratch the itch but not the phone <laughs> it is nice to see that z fold 4 does have samsung care for half the year though that it, that's a nice assurance that you can yeah, yeah. you know trust there in, in, in the old days matt talking to someone like yourself from the usa we'd have to keep explaining you know dollars and pounds they're not the same and you'd have trouble visualizing it but now the dollars and the pounds are so close you, you might as well just switch it from one to the other and you know exactly what we're talking about yeah that's true Especially as things which I say $500 in the States end up being more than £500, which in theory is worth more just because of the dollar to pound conversion and the the, 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 the fact that these are US products coming over to the UK. Mutter, mutter, groan, groan. <laughs> anyway, any last words from you, Matt? And thank you for coming on. I just think uh, you, you, Steve and Ted, for having me on the show. It's been great to talk to you guys again and I uh, wish you all the best. Thanks yeah. a lot. I think you're very welcome. And people should go and check out your YouTube channel. I know you're coming to this kind of late, but you're going at it with enthusiasm and you're our sort of geek, our sort of guy. So do go and subscribe to Matt's channel and get him some more subscribers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will just remind people about PodHub UK, as usual. Head across there if you want to look at what we're doing elsewhere in audio podcast land and um, links to all the stuff we do in the MeWe groups. Do come and join us there. Tell us what you're using. We'll bring um, your thoughts to shows going forward. Um, and if you get lost anywhere, you can go to tedsalmon.com. It's all there. And if you want to buy me a coffee, finally, it's at paypal.me forward slash tedsalmon. Thank you. Talking of URLs, if you go to tinyurl.com forward slash sl hyphen shorts that's that is my youtube shorts video channel i've got more videos coming this week matt i just one last thing for you You, having restarted and rekindled your enthusiasm with youtube have you have you seen what's happened they're doing with shorts and does that tempt you or does that appall you having to condense everything down to 58 seconds i I just made my first two and i'm exploring shorts right now Ah, there we are see (laughs) it's all happening on matt's youtube channel there we are Uh, show notes at stevelitchfield.com all the links there um, and don't forget, there's a T in Litchfield and there's an uh, L in Salmon. There we are, in case you're not sure. A cheery goodbye from my two co-hosts. 
Goodbye. See ya. Yeah, thank you everyone for your support and contributions in the MeWe channel. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Phone Show Chat. <laughs> <laughs>